0: I finally finished The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. This book has been getting a lot of hype on TikTok. So I bought it in paperback maybe six months ago. It was published in 2017, but it's gotten this like resurgence lately of popularity. And I tried to read it during the semester. But let me tell you, the first couple pages of this book did not pull me in like I read the first paragraph and I was like no I don't feel like reading this right now and I did that a couple times until like I'm just now finally reading this book and boy do I regret waiting this long to read it well I wouldn't say that I regret waiting this long to read it I kind of feel like there was some reason why I didn't read that book at that time and I'm kind of glad that I did read it at the time that I did, because it feels like it was just, like, perfect timing, in a way. So, in this episode, there are going to be some spoilers, but first, I'm going to give a non-spoiler review for anyone who is on the fence about whether they should read this book or not. It is a historical fiction, and there is a character named Evelyn Hugo that is, seems like, anyway, loosely inspired by Marilyn Monroe. And it reminds me a lot of the Blonde Netflix movie, which I did some research on. And it turns out, like, that's not a biographical movie. It's based on a 2000... um, It's based on a novel that was published in 2000. uh, That's a biographical fiction, which is a genre I didn't even know existed. That you could, like, make up stuff about people's lives and then call it, like, fiction. But also use, like, real names and real people. Yeah, so... I mean, that movie in itself is pretty shocking. Um, So yeah, it is based on a 2000s biographical fiction by Joyce Carol Oates. And it's said to have a fictional take on the life of American actress Marilyn Monroe. And the author insists the novel's work of fiction and should not be regarded as a biography. Which is really interesting because when I watched that movie, I thought it was like... I don't know. I thought it was... The truth. I, th- I feel like it wasn't, maybe maybe I just didn't take the time to look into it, but I feel like it wasn't clear that it was a fictionalized take on Marilyn Monroe's life. Um, so, I know that probably a lot of other people also had the same thought, that they was like, oh, this is just a, this is one of those movies they make where they tell you like what really happened. Yeah, so that surprised me. But anyway, I got sidetracked. Um, so this book is a historical fiction. It is based in the time that Marilyn Monroe was alive and that, that, that version of Hollywood. Um, there is a lot of representation in this book, representation of the LGBTQ community that doesn't feel forced, and even representation of a lot of people of color from different backgrounds. And this book kind of shocked me, like it didn't shock me, but I was reading it and Tell me why I was stunned when the author, like, simply stated what race a character was when she was describing how they looked physically. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, why didn't I think about that? Like, why didn't I think about, like, just saying that, oh, yeah, this character is Asian American when I'm describing a character? Like, it just felt kind of taboo. I was like, what? You can do that? You can just say what race a person is in their description? Like, that's really crazy. I thought you had to, like, allude to it, Uh, which I have no idea why I thought that. But it did give me another take on how to include characters of color and make sure that your reader knows that they're a character of color. Some key themes in this book, I would say, is using the world's exploitation of your body as a female to your advantage. Um, so being aware that the the world is exploiting your body, and instead of running away from that, leaning into it to get what you want, and also demanding that the world gives you the things that you desire. Those are two two main concepts that I saw reoccurring over and over within the plot of this book. And then some questions that the book grapples with is basically like, how far will you go to get what you want? How far are you willing to go to achieve your goals? Like, will you sacrifice pieces of yourself until you run out of pieces or the pieces are unrecognizable even to you till you can't even recognize who you've become? That's what it kind of makes you think about as you read about the characters. Um, And to end this non-spoiler review section, I wanted to read a quote that um, I feel feel like really encapsulates one of the characters in the book. Um, So she's talking to another character and she says but I don't regret it, because I know I had my reasons and I did the best I could with every thought and feeling that led up to it." So yeah, I feel like that quote is kind of the crux of it. And I thought that quote was really profound. I was like, oh, hmm. And it's kind of about like giving yourself grace. Like, okay, so every, you know, hindsight is 2020 and all of that, but with the knowledge you had and with the emotions you were experiencing, you made the best decision that you could. So in the end, is it worth reading? I would definitely say 110% yes, this book is worth reading. I generally think that a good book should make you feel something, even if those emotions are negative, even if the book made you angry or whatever. If this book has made you feel some type of emotion, then I think it's a good book. Um, obviously, that's a that's a generalization. No, it doesn't apply to everything. Uh, but that's kind of the, the metric that I use when deciding if a book is worth reading. I'm also kind of aware that this book is kind of like the right book at the right time for me. It made me reflect on a lot of the choices that I want to make in my own life. Um, a lot of the concepts that I grapple with in in earlier episodes about what I want to be when I grow up and encapsulating my blackness as a black woman. This book really made me think about different aspects of my life, and also in some ways it kind of reframed how I think about them by prompting me to give myself more grace. Now, let's get started on the real review, where we talk about everything and anything, nothing held back. So if you're still listening and you haven't read the book and you don't want to be spoiled, I would definitely leave the episode now and come back when you finish reading so we can talk about it together because it was a crazy book one of the things that i think this book does amazingly well is the development of morally gray characters especially evelyn hugo she's just so multifaceted and complex um in a way that makes you want to hate her but also you inevitably admire admire her in the same way that monique ends up in the book Um, and I just think it's not even just Evelyn. It's all of the seven husbands and, um, the love interest of the book. It just really makes you think about people or human beings not being just good or just bad, but being not even an even mixture of good and bad. You can be more bad than good or more good than bad, but it's a mixture nonetheless. Like, it's not it's not something you can separate. It's a homogenous substance, so to speak. Um, yeah, and I also really appreciated that this book delved into identity crises that people of color have, like Monique as a mixed person and Evelyn as a Cuban woman. Um, so Monique as a mixed person struggled to find a place in a community where she felt like she belonged where she fit into because she was mixed um especially being born in the 80s to a white mother and a black father during a time when the her mother and her father had to fight to be together because it wasn't really socially accepted and just like forging her own sense of identity not categorically perfectly belonging to either as a white person or as a black person and then Evelyn's relationship to her own race was also really interesting to me. her um original name her the name she's born with was Evelyn Herrera, and she changed her name to Evelyn Hugo at least that was her stage name because in the fifties you know, they didn't, they didn't care about diversity. That was like the worst thing ever. Um, So she had to pass as a white person. Uh, And it just talks about how she slowly abandoned her culture and um, her language, which is Spanish. Spanish was a part of her identity. But it just talks about the way that her culture, her identity as a Cuban woman slowly seeps out of her life until she realizes that She is somewhere strange between being a Cuban woman, a white woman, like she's not a Cuban woman or a white woman all the way. Um, And it's especially interesting to pick Cuban as this character's ethnic background because of the tensions between America and Cuba during the time period that this book covers, um, which it also mentions. But it's just just very, I I really liked how it delved into the identity crises that you can have as a person of color. Um, And I think that the parallels between these two characters were set up really well. At its heart, this book is really just a deep dive into the costs of fame and how far you'll go to achieve it. But there were times when I felt like I wondered if the fame was really worth all of this and if evelyn even really wanted that fame or she was just so used to wanting that fame and wanting doing things to get that fame that she felt like she still wanted it but didn't really in the end i don't know i just feel like evelyn is such a a complex confusing character like no matter if, if she was real, no matter how well you knew her, you would never truly know her all the way, which I feel like this is something that the love interest Celia struggled with. She felt like she would never truly know Evelyn because Evelyn was always hiding pieces of herself. I also really like the structure of the book with the seven husbands and then the twist um, being that she didn't love any of the seven husbands in the way that you love, like, the love of your life. I thought it was really well done. I was a little bit shocked, though. Not really shocked, like, jarred when uh, um, the first section where the first husband is beginning and it goes straight into I. And I'm like, wait a minute, who is this I? And the I is not Monique. Instead, it's Evelyn. Um, So in these portions where the book is sectioned by each husband... Um, the I in this instance is Evelyn and I feel like it was a, it was the right choice because it made you feel closer to Evelyn and it made it easier to empathize with her choices and actions, but it was a little bit confusing at first and it was something that I had to get used to, but I think it was worth it. I think it was worth getting used to that to, to evoke the emotions that was able to be evoked using that first person perspective. I also really liked the story of each seven husbands and why they married her and why it didn't work out. Um, I thought it was really... I thought it was really dynamic and just... I don't know. Like, I... some For some of them, I wondered what happened after to the husbands. Um, and I really... I know it doesn't matter what happened to the husbands. The story is about... Evelyn like the husbands are just side pieces nobody cares about the husbands we care about Evelyn but I couldn't help but wonder like how they ended up I think the first husband Ernie Diaz they talked about a little bit like what happened to him but for the most part I would say most of the husbands except for Ernie and maybe Harry I wondered where life had taken them after that I mean I guess Don too we saw we saw a little bit about what happened to him And two things that I really, really loved about this book is its ability to portray the importance of loving someone unapologetically. Now, this was a really important theme of this book, especially because the characters in this book were from the LGBTQ community. um, And they were unable to love unapologetically and openly. But even within like romantic love aside, even loving your child unapologetically and loving your friends unapologetically, just taking the time to analyze how you are showing your love for someone and looking within yourself to say, like, am I restraining myself within my love for them? If that makes sense. I'm not really sure if that makes sense. It feels like it makes sense. But reading this book made me want to love people more unapologetically because there's going to be a day when you're no longer given that privilege. There's going to be a last time for everything. A last smile, last laugh, last look, all of that. Um, And so loving unapologetically while you still can was something that this book kind of encouraged me to do, made me want to do more. Something like that. And I also, the second theme in this book that I really, that really hit home for me is refusing to regret. Refusing to regret choices that you've made in life and showing yourself grace, like I said earlier, and refusing to regret... Where your life took you because you only get one life, so I really like that about the book <laughs> Now, let's talk about some parts of the book that made me pause a little bit. They're not necessarily bad parts, but it just made me be like, hmm, I don't know about this kind of hmm, kind of took me for a took me for a loop there, or you just you know you just don't know about it now, I thought. It was an interesting choice for this book to be largely narrated by Evelyn instead of Monique. Because you're introducing the story to Monique in from the very first sentence, the very first page. And you're like, okay, this is our main character. But then you also know that the book is named after Evelyn Hugo. But you're like, well, then maybe Evelyn Hugo just had like a really important role in this story. But the real character arc is about Monique. And it, But it, even after reading this book, I still am like, who is really the main character of this book? Like, I guess Evelyn and Monique are the main characters of the book, but who 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 is the main character of this book? Like, I could see this book without Monique, but I couldn't see it without Evelyn. So then it makes me feel like Evelyn is the main character of the book. And I feel like this is because we're not truly able to understand or empathize with Monique for most of the novel we're only given glimpses of her pain and personality throughout the entire book until the very end when we are given a more holistic look at who Moni is as a person. So that kind of confused me. I was like, "Who, who's the main character? And I guess it's not that important because the book was like dynamite either way, but I, I it was something that like made me stumble a little bit. I was also kind of confused about Evelyn's feelings towards the public's view of her sexuality because she talks about Evelyn does um, the picture that was taken of her where she was sitting at the grave of Harry um, and like crying and how the public thought or at least the media spun a a story where she's like a, a wife that's really sad at her husband's passing, or misses her husband, and stuff like that. When really she was sad because the love of her life, Celia, had died. And she went to Harry's grave, her best friend, um, the love of her life, uh, platonically, to truly show her emotions. But she seemed, the way she spoke, that she was frustrated when people misconstrued her grief. As grief for Harry instead of grief for Celia. But I, it made me pause because I was thinking, like, why was she mad or irritated that people thought about it this way when she, throughout her entire life, leaned into and encouraged these misunderstandings about her love life so that it would benefit her in the long run? And I understand wanting to be completely honest and true to yourself and that you know the world always assumes that the the relationship the that love is heterosexual you know the heteronormative narrative but it feels like and I, and I understand where her, her feelings in that regard are coming from that people are always going to assume that you're straight rather than assuming that you're gay which is the reasoning the the history behind the idea of coming out, right? But I just felt like, not that she didn't have a right to be mad, she definitely did. It's just that I just wondered if she was really thinking about the fact that this narrative is being portrayed by the media because she she fueled it. She wanted more people to, she wanted to utilize, to weaponize her marriages in a way that would improve the quality of her life and and progress her career. So in the end of course people are going to view her as someone who aligns with the heteronormative narrative which is might isn't necessarily right, you know, but that I just think her actions her actions contributed to this um misunderstanding of her one her few rare emotional displays that the public was able to witness and another thing that gave me a pause is the twist in this book now from literally maybe chapter one I wanted to know why was Evelyn why did she choose Monique to write her story like what who why did she choose Monique and I was, like, dying to know. Every chapter, they would bring it up again. And Monique would ask, like, why did you choose me? Why did you choose me? And I'd be like, yeah, why did you choose her? Like, tell me too, <laughs> you know? And she'd be like, you'll know in due time or whatever. And I'd be like, no, tell me now. Tell me now, why did you choose her? And I think, like, that was really well done to make the reader always want to be like, when are you going to tell me? And, like, it's like you knew that you weren't going to find out till the end, but you still, like, hoped that, um you would find out a little bit early, but you're not. You found out at the very end. And the the reveal felt unexpected and I was surprised as a good twist to do, but the more I thought about it, the more it also felt inevitable. Um, especially when I thought about like Monique's father his his job as a photographer on famous sets like that was the only real connection she could possibly have to Evelyn Hugo and I think where um, both Monique and the reader would never figure out why what the connection is without Evelyn helping or telling you is that you assumed that the connection would be directly to Evelyn and not like Harry like it was someone that Evelyn cared about that was I mean I just was like wow It was a good twist, but I did question in the beginning when I first read that twist, Evelyn's motivation behind choosing to tell Monique about her father's, um, secret love life in this way. Um, and it does, the book does address that later on. The book does say, like, Evelyn does say that she thought about a different, a bunch of different ways that she could, tell Monique but she in the end chose to do it this way because of she recognized Monique's talent in her writing and her other pieces but despite all of these things um this book left me wanting more so I think it was a good book in that way like even as I turned the last page and it was blank on the next page I was still like looking for more words And it's not to say that the story felt incomplete, but the ending didn't satisfy me. It definitely did, and I definitely felt like I didn't need any more, but I still wanted more. Um, So in that aspect, I think it was an absolutely phenomenal story. Took me on a roller coaster every two seconds. Had me on the edge of my seat wanting to know what had happened in this woman's life and why she did the things that she did. But there were a few quotes in this book that absolutely took my breath away and not really because they're like super profound or anything, but because they resonated with me for someone who is at the point that I'm at in life or just people in general. I just think it resonated with me and it was more of that right book, right time type of thing where I needed to hear these words and somehow this book ended up in my hands at the perfect time for me so I'm gonna read some of these quotes um out loud because they were just so poignant and deserved to be given their own spotlight and most of them are things that Evelyn says by the way um but not all of them I think actually all of them are except for the last one so let's get started You can be sorry about something and not regret it. Do yourself a favor and learn how to grab life by the balls, dear. Don't be so tied up trying to do the right thing when the smart thing is so painfully clear. I'm under absolutely no obligation to make sense to you. You have to find a job that makes your heart feel big instead of one that makes it feel small. The root of most of my problems is that I need to be secure enough in who I am to tell anyone who doesn't like it to go fuck themselves. Why have I spent so long settling for less when I know damn well that the world expects more? Be wary of men with something to prove. It's okay to grovel for something that you really want. Never let anyone make you feel ordinary. I think that being yourself, your true entire self, is always going to feel like you're swimming upstream. Yeah, I'm for sure swimming upstream right now. I don't know where I'm going, but it's rough. We're in some rough waters. (laughs) Um, But hopefully, when I finish swimming upstream, it'll be a beautiful oasis and not a horrifying waterfall with jagged rocks awaiting me at the bottom only time will tell won't it hmm there was a question in the book and it was um like in the back of the book for like discussion this question stood out to me um it asks who was your favorite husband of Evelyn's and I mean I feel like the obvious choice is to say none of them and to say her wife but let's think about the seven definitely not Ernie Um, though the whole thing could not have happened without that first poor Ernie Diaz, right? Definitely not Don. Like, I mean, I guess he had his little redemption arc at the end, so I can't, I can't rail on him too hard. Yes, I absolutely can, and I will, but, (laughs) um, hmm, they were all so flawed. I feel like Robert Jameson is probably my favorite as a person, as a character, as, hus- as a husband to Evelyn, but who was the, ca- the husband that interested me the most? I think that would be uh, Max Gerard, because the idea of being in love with a concept, a persona, is so interesting to me, um, and I feel like it happens over and over and over again. And I honest- I also feel like Evelyn had a role in contributing to that, because when you constantly only show people what you want them to see, they're going to start believing that that's all there is to see. So when she got upset that and realized that he didn't truly really love her, Evelyn Herrera, as a person, and was only in love with the, the movie star Evelyn Hugo and that persona of her, it was really interesting to me because at some point I wondered... Is there even a such thing as Evelyn Herrera anymore? Or did she get rid of that version of herself? And is just Evelyn Hugo now? So in that case, maybe Max really was in love with her. Um, Obviously his version of loving her was flawed because he didn't love her with her flaws as a person when she became too realistic and too authentic? Maybe that's not the word. Like, not as glamorous, not as... I don't know like when the when the the star struckness wore off when the 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 status symbol of having Evelyn Hugo on his arm wasn't what he thought it would be he fell out of love I guess or realized he was never in love in the first place I don't know I just think that story to me it wasn't even the longest one but that was the one that really intrigued me of the seven husbands but yeah I think I'll end that episode there. That was a phenomenal book. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I definitely recommend it. I'm planning on reading A Little Life next, and reviewing that book as well. Um, I've had it on my shelf forever and haven't read it yet. I have heard some controversy around it, which I'll also discuss in that episode, but for now... Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Jumble Podcast to stay up to date with all of the new episodes and all of the new topics. And if you have any books that you'd recommend me to read, definitely DM me on Instagram or email me at jumblepodcastinquiries at com because I would love, 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 love to get book recommendations to review. I need them. This book was amazing. If you guys have any other amazing books you want me to read, I would be so down. So with that, I hope you guys have a better day tomorrow than you did today. I hope that tomorrow, being yourself, your true entire self, doesn't feel like swimming upstream. I hope it feels like swimming in a a lazy river, like you're being pushed along, Um, guided along is probably a better word, where being your true entire self is easy. And you don't have to fight to be who you truly are and to feel comfortable being who you truly are. I, I hope that's true for me as well tomorrow because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to be your true authentic self, totally unfiltered and raw because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be vulnerable. But let's, let's be vulnerable together.